following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Welcome to The Leftovers, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Network, with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna, and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to The Leftovers. It is Friday, December 14th. I'm Josh Dunn. I am joined by both Anshu Khanna and Dan Bauer. Dan, how are you this evening? I am doing well, not looking forward to the stress of these next uh, 69 hours or so against Anchu in our fantasy semifinals, so I will not be addressing him during this big, uh, recording today. Big matchup, that's true, yeah, <laughs> and it's also rivalry week not only for Anchu in fantasy football, but also in real life football as his Packers will take on the Bears this weekend. How you feeling, Shu? Not great. Uh, Packers are six point dogs. I, uh, you know, and, and I just don't want to be the reason they win the North cause they beat the Packers. But unfortunately I, uh, I do not have a great feeling about it. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but, uh, it looks like both of our teams, it's hard to have a good feeling about them at this point in the year, but, uh, we had a great game on Thursday night football and it just ended as we're recording here, uh, late Thursday night, the Chargers end up Winning it 29-28, they score a touchdown as uh, with four seconds left in, in regulation, and then they ended up going for two, and Mike Williams ends up being the hero in this game. Uh, obviously, they were without Keenan Allen with a hip injury, uh, and Phillip Rivers is able to do the unthinkable, had a huge fourth down conversion to Travis Benjamin uh, that was a fingertip grab kind of right behind the defender. Uh, but this game just absolutely uh, awesome down the stretch, watching these two teams duke it out, and uh, was a little surprised to see the Chargers come out on top, but they've definitely, uh, you know, made a name for themselves here this year and have a real opportunity to, you know, potentially win this division. Uh, Anshu, how impressed were you with this Chargers win? They just keep stealing wins from the jaws of defeat. Like, I mean, the Bengals, they, they kind of barely held them off. They had The Bengals had plenty of chances there. They come back, and this game reminded me a lot of the Steelers game two weeks ago where they just... Steve the win, um, but you know, it, kudos to them. I, I thought the Chiefs were so much better than them in every way. It was so hard for Rivers to even get a pass off, especially in the first half. Um, you know, and then they lose Keenan Allen to a hip injury early in this game. I mean, he, he's barely heard from. Um, you know, they obviously don't have their top two running backs. Just gutty performance by Rivers, and they end up the yards end up looking good, but they. I don't know how they – I still can't believe they won after watching that game. I truly can't. And that's uh, just, you know, a team that finds ways to win is generally a very dangerous one in the playoffs. And now we're looking at a Chargers team that could very well win the bye and uh, win the division, the AFC West. That would put the Chiefs on the road in the wild card round, which is just about as much of a nightmare as you can possibly imagine. Yeah, the one thing that worries me, Dan, is the injuries that these Chargers are now starting to have pile up. Austin Eckler missed tonight. Melvin Gordon's still trying to work his way back from an injury, and now you have Keenan Allen go down. Uh, but Mike Williams steps up in a big way. He has two touchdowns 
two touchdown catches. He ran one in from 19 yards out, and he has the game-winning two-point conversion. Uh, Williams has kind of been very inconsistent this year, uh, but it, do you think that him, the, the two, two Williams, Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams, would be able to fill a void if this uh, Keenan Allen injury is uh, any more serious than uh, we, they hope? I mean, if you would have asked me that a couple of weeks ago, I would have said absolutely not. Based on what we've seen uh, recently, you got to say it's looking like it. This Chargers team, very much a, a different in 2018 than in years past. I mean, they've, they've consistently had injury issues the past handful of years that have held them back from uh, big-time playoff runs and, and late-season runs, and this team is just different. This is a very next-man-up type attitude that you're seeing out of the Chargers that you've not seen in years past. So I don't know if they uh, changed the, the drinking water or what, but this team uh, looks They just... did change cities. That's true. I mean, that, that's what the, the change in scenery <laughs> did uh, helps with the recovery. So, uh, I mean, yeah. could... I, I, can't seem, I can't seem to get the San Diego chart. Troy Aikman did it tonight, too, but I cannot seem to get San Diego out of my mind when I think of this team. <laughs> yeah, so San Diego 2.0, just completely different team. But uh, we'll see. I mean, it's looking like they can sustain this, and, and the Chiefs on a, a very much just plummeting. They The loss of Kareem Hunt, they just do not look anywhere near as explosive as they can. So uh, one of those things that at the end of the season here, you have one team trending very much upward and the other one going the complete opposite direction. Yeah, loss of Kareem Hunt, now loss of Spencer Ware. Uh, he'll probably play again here in the next week or two. But uh, Sammy Watkins is – you know, potentially out four to six weeks. And Kelvin Benjamin was in there on some red zone uh, plays, but they didn't really target him. He still looks so slow on the field. I just can't see him really ma- making an impact. But, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the, the Kansas City, it, they definitely look beatable at this point. And the Chargers, you know, I talked about this earlier in the week on, on I don't know if it was on this show or on the, on the Fantasy Hour, but um, I talked about how this Chargers team, even though they their record's excellent, they now have, are tied for the best record in the AFC Chiefs do have the tiebreaker, but I talked about how they they just could could be beat by any team in the NFL on any given Sunday, and that's the one thing that worries me about this Chargers team, and that's the one thing that's really hurt them in in the past in the playoffs is they're just not out head and shoulders in front of their opponents ever, and I, I think yeah. that you'll see that in the playoffs, and they could potentially be a team that you know goes in you know well potentially as a five seed if they uh, if they can't pull away and win the division uh, ahead of Kansas City, but. Yeah, you know, I think they could potentially go in as a five seed and be a favorite in a first round matchup or in after the. I guess it would be a wild card weekend matchup. But Anshu, are, are you a believer in this Chargers team looking toward the playoffs? Uh, I think that Dan's point's well taken. Like this is a team that in the past years would just find ways to lose. They would have found a way to lose that Bengals game last week. They would have found ways to lose. You know, I mean, honestly, even the Bengals, Bengals would still have to win it. I mean, they and they did find a way to lose that Broncos game a few weeks ago, but that Broncos team was really uh, on the rise at the time when they had Sanders and uh, and Chris Harris. Now they're obviously a totally different team. But since then, the Chargers have beaten, just destroyed the Cardinals, beat the Steelers, beat the Bengals, now beat the Chiefs on the road. I think that ever, you know, Joey Bosa coming back. You you talked about their injuries, but they should have Melvin Gordon back next week. And then, assuming they have Keenan Allen, which is iffy, you know, they don't. Their, their last two are the Ravens at home and then at the Broncos. Not super easy, but, you know, definitely two winnable games. And then the Chiefs have to go to Seattle next week, which I'm not a huge believer in Seattle, but I, I think that's a very tough game for Patrick Mahomes to go in and win. So, um, I, I you know, I think that it's 
if they if the Chargers don't have to go on the road, they're a team I believe in a lot more. But I agree with you at, at the same time. Like they're not a team that blows anybody out really, unless they're way inferior, like the Cardinals. And uh, they're you know they're like the opposite of the Chiefs. The Chiefs always look to me like, and the Rams and even the Saints to a certain extent, they just seem like the teams that would come in and blow you out by talent and by scheme. And this team doesn't really scheme away. They're just they're just good. You know, they're, it's weird to say that, but they're just good, and their defense is actually really really good. Yeah, they did look good tonight. They put a lot of pressure on Mahomes. Uh, Dan, last question on this game. What did you think of the call to go for two there? They obviously score the big touchdown with four seconds left. Yes. Uh, you know, they're they're down by a point, and immediately Phillip Rivers holds up the two. Uh, did you think this was the right call? Obviously, a lot of people would have scrutinized that if they didn't get it, much like Vrabel earlier in the year in London. Yeah, I think it's the right call if for nothing else of the fact that uh, they they <laughs> they know that they didn't have they don't have the tiebreaker uh, against uh, Kansas City. They needed to go out and they very much needed to win. I mean, if you're going to go out and try to win the division, uh, there was no if you lost this game, you were there was zero chance you were winning the division. Um, you had to come out, you had to get a victory, uh, or there was just there was absolutely no shot, and you had to just accept the fact you were taking a wild card. So from that perspective, I love it. I also love it from a little bit of what I touched on earlier that this team in years past had found just a way to lose and a way to piss everything away. I think this is a little bit of a vote of confidence uh, in your team and in your guys, a little bit of uh, just kind of building a culture standpoint, almost as weird as it sounds in, you know, for a bunch of grown men to try to have to build a culture here uh, in week 15. But I think that very much, that gives your guys something to rally around, gives you some momentum going into the playoffs. So I love it from that perspective. Uh, and, you know, as much as I would have loved a, a, a tie and some overtime and some more yards from Tyreek Hill going into overtime, I uh, I love it if you're the Chargers. All right, Dan, I'm going to stay with you. So from one uh, pissing away to another team that's done that quite a bit in their past, but uh, really seems to have turned things around here at this point in the season, and that's your Cleveland Browns. They actually have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs, but they go to Denver in mile high. Denver coming off of a really poor performance against uh, San Francisco last week and a loss. Both of these teams desperate for a win to stay alive in the playoff hunt. I've got to hear if you think your Browns have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs. Uh, but first, they've got to get through Denver away. Absolutely a legitimate shot. I, I think this is very much a, a winnable football game. Uh, <laughs> Cortland Sutton just not really taking over that number one receiver role in Denver that uh, a lot of people thought they they would after Demarius gets traded. Um, then the only issue for the Browns, Denzel Ward not playing still with that concussion, looks like he'll still be out. Uh, so that secondary is still a little bit more banged up than you'd like to see. Uh, but uh, you know, going back to, uh, again, the, the trend of what we talked about earlier, a team trending up and a team trending down. Uh, as Anshu mentioned, this Broncos team nowhere near what they were three, four, five weeks ago, and the Browns very much opposite and just absolutely surging. So I think Browns very much can go and get a win on the road. Uh, and Baker's arm in that nice thin air going to look even more impressive. So I can't God. wait. I think I'm I, literally vomiting all right over now. everything. <laughs> it started out as a legitimate analysis and ended on a little bit of a troll. But no, I very much think uh, that the Browns <laughs> can go out, go out and get a win. 
there's no such thing as legitimate analysis when you're talking about the Browns, to be fair. But Anju, I've got to hear an unbiased opinion. What do you think of this game? I think it's a great matchup, and you know it's going to be a, a very fun game to watch. You've got a lot of weapons in this one. And I, I, I said this the other day. I think Cortland Sutton could be the difference in this game, to Dan's point. He hasn't looked like a number one receiver at a lot of times, but there have been times during this season where he has. And if they're going to win this game against Cleveland, it's going to need to be Cortland Sutton taking advantage of the Browns being down their number one corner. Yep, I, I definitely think that Denzel Ward being out, as Dan said, as you said, is is a huge factor. But um, you know, this is this is kind of the next step. I think get that big road win um, against like a decent, somewhat playoff caliber team. If you can do that, um, you know, that's something the Browns haven't yet been able to do this year. If you, if they can go on the road and do that, I think that that'd be that'd go a long way in preserving Greg Williams' coaching future there, and just you know, just stacking successes really for Baker Mayfield. And I, I think they can absolutely do it. I mean, Dan's right. It's, it's just a fact that they're, they're probably better than the Broncos right now. Um, I don't know if they're better enough to win. I mean, they're, you know, that's a, that's a big discrepancy. The Broncos are two and a half point favorites. Now they've come off the big key number of three, I think three and a half at one point. So, um, you know, Vegas basically is saying they think the Bron- the Browns are the better team, but, that you know the Broncos are going to win anyway. I I, th- I kind of see it that way. I think that it's going to be tough. This is a great test for Mayfield against those two big time edge rushers and Bradley Chubb and obviously Von Miller. Um, but without Chris Harris, I, I think that Jarvis Landry is going to have an absolutely monster game. Uh, and Joku, again, we talked about it the other day, but um, this you know this this uh, Browns defense. I'm sorry, this Broncos defense does not cover tight ends well at all. There's going to be a lot of openings up uh, in the short passing game for Mayfield, and uh, I think this is a great chance for him. All right, fair. So last weekend had a ton of great games with playoff implications. This weekend has a lot of trash, so we're not going to talk about everything, uh, but there are some big ones, and the next one we're going to touch on is Dallas at Indianapolis. Uh, India favorite here. I, I think that uh, you know Dallas is playing the best football that they've played all year. Uh, Indianapolis also playing well, but you know that that we're just not far removed from that Jacksonville six to nothing shutout, and I, that worries me thinking about this Indianapolis team. And I I like Dallas here, but uh, I think it's going to come down to seeing if Amari Cooper can continue the streak he's been on, and if they could feed Zeke. What do you think here, Anshu? With this, I know you love Indy, I know you love Luck, uh, but this Dallas team's been on a roll ever since. Uh, ever since the, the Cooper trade, really. Yeah, and we haven't seen Dallas on the road in a month. The last time they were on the road, they played at Atlanta, and they looked pretty good there. And before that, it was at Carson Wentz and the Eagles back when they were a lot healthier, and they looked good there too. So, um, you know, defense travels. I expect this defense to travel, but I just – I really buy into luck. I think that – you know, it, it kind of hinges on if T.Y. Hilton's healthy. If he's not, I definitely don't like the Colts here. But if he is – um, I think that he can get down the field, uh, although, you know, even the Saints weren't able to. I just think in Indy, uh, that crowd's going to be getting after it. Finally, the Colts are actually good and actually have a chance at the playoffs. So I think it's really, really close. I think the line is absolutely perfect. And uh, I just I just have a bias towards the Colts because of luck, but I, I totally could see it going either way. So I, uh, I understand if you feel if you're feeling the Cowboys. I do think Zeke goes off. I am feeling the Cowboys. Dan, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm going opposite of Anchu on this one. I'm taking the Cowboys five straight for them. Hey, buddy. Uh, T- 
a team that's just looking so consistent, uh, you know, and that's not something that the Cowboys can always say uh, in years past, but, uh, you know, similar to Chargers changing their tune a little bit, uh, just rattling off impressive win after impressive win. Um, I mean, Eagles, Saints, uh, Redskins back when they were still kind of good uh, and Falcons before that. I mean, this is a team that just is absolutely rolling and I continue that. I think that's going to continue. All right, one we absolutely must touch on: Cardinals on the road taking on the Falcons. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we've got we've got some much better games on the docket. The Packers on the road taking on the Bears. Uh, normally, I wouldn't talk about this game, but I, I think that this is a game that could be pivotal for the Bears' playoff run here as they close out the season. They're at home, uh, but the Packers come to town. Obviously, you remember way back early in the season. I think it was a, was it Week One when uh, Aaron Rodgers has the comeback drive in Lambeau to beat the Bears. We watched it together. Here. We did. We did indeed. Uh, so so the Packers have an opportunity now to, to, to complete the sweep of the Bears. Obviously, you know they're not re- realistically thinking playoffs, although it is, I think, still an outside chance for the Packers. Uh, but the Bears' six-point favorites at home. Uh, Dan, what do you think about this game as an outsider looking in? Uh, I think the, the big thing is whether – Allen Robinson can return to form. I mean, he's not looked good lately. He hasn't had a touchdown in uh, like three, four, or five weeks, something like that. Uh, I mean, if he, if the Bears are going to be able to come out and and really put a whooping on the Packers, he's going to have to show up. Uh, and then, obviously, the Packers have been a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde this year of whether Aaron Rodgers and his uh, cast of Barry men receiving crew can 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 ball out. It's been again, it's a it's a Jekyll and Hyde thing for them. Uh, you know, I think the home field advantage is going to loom large there. Uh, it's going to be loud. It's it's going to be absolutely an insane environment. So I think the Bears will take it. I think it will solidify their playoff spot. Uh, but I think it's going to be a good one. Anshu, I I know it's hard for you to pick against your Packers, but uh, you know this Bears defense at home. Do, do you think Aaron Rodgers can pull off another miracle against this Bears team? Uh, it would be a miracle because it looks like he's going to be without two of his offensive linemen and uh, including the right tackle, Brian Bulaga, which means it's going to be Khalil Mack going against Jason Spriggs on the right side, which, uh, yeah, good luck with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to take an absolutely vintage Rodgers performance. I think this game is a huge commentary on the Joe Philbin, you know, potential coaching hire. And that's if they go on the road and they can beat this Bears defense after what they did against the Rams, uh, with the Bears definitely having a lot to play for, I think it would speak volumes about Philbin um, and about Rodgers with Philbin. But if they do what I expect, which is Rodgers to take a ton of sacks, to have that look in his eye where he's just pissed off at the rookie receivers and at their offensive line, um, you know, I expect them to lose by probably six or something. I, I, I do think that the spread, they can cover that because I, I just hate Mitch Trubisky, but um, you know, the Packers defense is also super decimated by injury. So I, I don't see the Packers winning, but I, I'm just going to assume they're going to cover because I, I don't think that they're that much worse than the bears, to be honest. All right, fair. So we've got a big one in the AFC and the three, 25 slate 425 if you're on the east coast like our buddy dan uh patriots go to pittsburgh to take on the steelers 
Uh, still unknown whether or not Connor will play in this game. Uh, you know, they said that he could go without practicing all week and then play, but that does not happen too often in the NFL, especially for running backs. Uh, but the Steelers need a win at home here to just kind of keep that lead in the division. The Ravens are right behind them. The Browns are on the move. Uh, but this Patriots team coming to town, they also are in a position where they need a win. Uh, this is probably, in my opinion, the game of the week, aren't you? I've got to hear what your thoughts are about this game in Pittsburgh. New England actually rode favorites as well. Yeah, I cannot believe the Pats right now two and a half point favorites on the road. I, I people are down on this Steelers team, man, and I know Roethlisberger is pretty banged up, but it's pretty surprising to see that. Um, I think a lot of it's just no one thinks that the Patriots are going to lose two games in a row, and um, you know, on the heels of that Miami thing, you have to think that they'll come off the deck and look really good. I, I don't know. I mean, Tom Brady looked awesome last week, actually. So. You know, it's not like he, it was his fault that they lost. It was just one of those things where Miami hung around, hung around, hung around, and then get the miracle play at the end and win. So um, I, it's a really tough call for me. I don't think the Patriots lose two in a row, but I also just think that this line is kind of absurd. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the Patriots. I don't feel great about it, though. What do you think, Dan? I mean, obviously you're rooting for the Steelers to lose in a big way especially if your guys could take care of business on Saturday. But, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's banged up. James Conner's banged up. Uh, you know, this team is coming in kind of looking desperate after coming off of a loss to the lowly Oakland Raiders. Yeah, it's uh, – I agree with Antje. I think it's a vintage time for a bounce-back game uh, from the Patriots. I, I don't think there's any chance they go in and lose that game. I think – they are going to be refocused and just absolutely ready to go. Uh, so I'll agree with Antje on that one. And and this Pittsburgh team just has not looked great at any point this year. I mean, I, I, in a completely not biased way, I can't think of a single game outside of maybe that Panthers game where they looked good. Uh, and so it just I can't imagine they're going to beat the Patriots. Um, and this is just. I, don't know. I think this is a little bit of bias coming out on this one, obviously, but this is just a team on an absolute free fall. Uh, and I think this is a game that the Patriots are going to come out and put a stamp and just remind everybody, you know, hey, I know we're we're only nine and four, uh, but this is still our AFC until we say otherwise. So I think it's it's Patriots by 10. I want to believe you both, but I think this is the exact type of game where the Steelers come out and win. They always lose games to teams that are worse than them, or at least play down to their competition, and they play up to their competition as well. It's been the Steelers' mantra for so long, especially at home. That place is going to be nuts as much as I hate to watch it. Um, I'll be rooting as hard against the Steelers as anybody you can possibly imagine, but I think that this is a game, unfortunately, that's going to be one of those vintage Ben Roethlisberger performances. Antonio Brown will go off. Juju, I, I hate even saying that name, let alone looking at it, but I think he'll have a big game as well. I just, you know, I, I don't think that the whoever's in the backfield for this uh, this Steelers team really matters that much, uh, and you kind of have seen that with James Conner having the success that he's had, and Jalen Samuels has filled in nicely as well, and we saw that tonight with Damian. Williams for the, um, the the Chiefs as well. It seems like whoever these these guys plug in uh, for certain teams because of the offensive line, they're able to be productive. And I just don't think that those injuries are going to matter as much. And I think the Steelers will end up winning this at home, as much as I hate to say it. Um, did want to talk a little bit about the other team in Pennsylvania, uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, who have been reeling, uh, really in a tough spot. They will go on the road to take on the Rams and their playoff 
uh, hopes are dwindling. But the real story here is uh, Carson Wentz. He has what uh, appears to be a fractured vertebrae in his back. Uh, they're saying that it's going to heal on its own, but they've been very tight-lipped about whether or not uh, Carson Wentz is going to miss significant time here. Anshu, uh, what do you make of this story? Uh, do you think that this injury is a significant one, and do you see Wentz missing the rest of this season? It sounds like if you know if they were closer, it doesn't require surgery. I think that you know it sounds awful. Obviously, a fractured back does not sound good, but it doesn't sound again like he needs surgery. He just needs rest. And uh, I think that if it was closer, he might have actually played, but. Uh, now I, I obviously don't see that happening. They had Nick Foles last year, and he led them to a Super Bowl. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where at least they have a decent backup. As bad as he looked earlier this year, um, this is a disaster scenario though for the for Philly because they have to win obviously, and now they have to go to LA and play the Rams, who are coming off not looking great in a couple weeks in a row, including just being embarrassed on Sunday night. So yeah, that is that's a rough look. I I mentioned it earlier, but. You know, Jared Goff is a light him up in any kind of bet, prop bet, DFS, whatever. I expect them to go absolutely insane. Bet the over on their total, their team total. I just, I can't imagine the Eagles slowing them down. I hope you're right. I, I'm going to need a big performance out of Goff to stay alive. But, uh, Dan, what are your thoughts here? Uh, you think the Rams kind of run away with this one, and obviously they're really in control of their own destiny. It's going to come down to them and the Saints for that number one seed. Yeah, this Eagles team is just dead. I mean, the the injury is just such a backbreaker, pun intended, uh, that the Rams just well absolutely go out and dominate this one. All right, fair. So let's get to a little baseball. I know you guys wanted to talk about the big trade that took place today. Uh, so it's a three-team trade between the Mariners, Indians, and Rays. And your boy Edwin Encarnacion is going to be going from Cleveland to Seattle. Cleveland will acquire Carlos Santana in this trade. Uh, I know, you know, Dan, obviously Encarnacion's a slugger that's, that's had very productive years for Cleveland. Uh, but, you know, I'd like to hear your thoughts on what they were able to acquire in Carlos Santana. So kind of a roller coaster of emotions as this trade was going down. And, yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, Anshu witnessed it on our, our group chat with one of our other Indians buddies, Corey. Um, we were just kind of all over the place. I didn't, I don't love getting rid of Yandy Diaz, uh, but that was uh, something that you could kind of see the writing on the wall. Terry Francona never really liked him. The organization never really liked him. I mean, he just never got a shot. Uh, and so it's just one of those things that, I've always liked him. I always thought that a little bit of a tweak to some launch angle, and all of a sudden this dude's going to hit 40 home runs. Uh, but if the Indian, you know, as I talked about in our, you know, off the show, the Indians found a way to turn uh, Lindor and Jose Ramirez into 40 home run guys. If you couldn't figure it out with Yandy Diaz, I don't think anybody is. So uh, I think it's just time to get rid of that one. So you know, a little mixed emotion on that. The the Edwin thing, I get it makes sense. Uh, yes, you're giving up a big home run guy, but you're also getting a better OPS from Santana. So yeah, Santana's you know, going to get on base a little bit more. He's not going to hit as many home runs, uh, but with his ability to draw walks. And also Edwin's just has not looked good in any single playoff run he's had since he's been here uh, and looks downright terrible. There's been some injury issues in there in playoff runs as well. Um, so uh, you don't you don't necessarily – hopefully miss the production that much uh and also save some money over the next two years it, essentially it's 25 million for edwin uh if you include the buyout and then you can over the next year plus the buyout and then you get santana for 29 million 
uh, once you account for the money changing hands in this trade. So you get Santana for an extra $4 million for an extra year, which you're not going to replace that production for uh, less than $4 million. So it was one of those trades that just makes sense. And, and I – the Bowers coming back, um, and sorry for stealing any thunder on this one, aren't you? But Bowers coming back, I mean, he's a top 100 prospect guy. Uh, there's there's some indication that he might be able to turn into a power hitter. He's going to play probably some outfield for us, maybe a little bit of first base, depending on if the Indians trade Alonzo. Uh, but there's there's some integration. There's a really interesting Fangraphs article that says based on his hard hit ball rate uh, that you will see a jump in per, in home runs from Bowers uh, over. Uh, the next couple of years as he can, his body continues to grow and develop and he gets stronger. So, um, you know, I, I, I didn't love it at first. I'm coming around to it more. Uh, but ultimately, I think it was just a trade that the Indians had to do from a financial perspective uh, and, and kind of extending yourself and, and making that next couple of year window as big as you possibly can. Aren't you? Yeah. I'd like to hear your <laughs> thoughts as well. Obviously, obviously, Encarnacion, much older, uh, but, you know, these guys are both big hitters, big bats. And, you know, Carlos Santana, how long ago was it when he was on the Indians the first go-around? A few years now it it's been? so Two years, yes. yeah. I mean, I I think Dan pretty much hit everything I could possibly talk about there. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I'll look at it a little bit from the other team's Who perspective. Won? I Let's hear that out of you. I – I really like the Indian side. I think that Jake Bowers is a guy that the Rays, if you, to a man, like any of those guys, you look at all their tweets and everyone was pissed that Jake Bowers got traded. He saw a massive jump in his power last year. Dan talked about needing to add more. I I think that Bowers is uh, a guy on the rise. He was never a top hundred guy. I don't think maybe a long time ago, but um, he's also four years younger than Yandy Diaz. So they'll have control of Bowers for longer. He, I, I expect him to play the outfield a little bit. Um, Yonder Alonso almost certainly going to be on the block. I think, um, you know, as far as the other sides, uh, you know, Edwin Encarnacion not likely to stay in Seattle. There have been rumors that he's still going to get flipped to the Rays anyway um, by Seattle eventually once Jerry Depoto gets out of ho- the hospital, which he somehow made this trade from apparently. Um, but you know, I I, uh, I think that you know the Mariners are just doing what they've been doing they they weren't they had no need for santana in the deal that they got him from uh the phillies and uh they get the indian second round pick they get five million dollars or what they have to give up one million but they'll end up trading encarnacion for something um and uh you know that's that's been clearly that's been their mo this offseason just flip players and get assets for the future and it's worked pretty well for a certain other team in the al or a couple um so yeah and then for the rays they've had a really interesting offseason i mean they signed charlie morton at the winter meetings and then now they get yandy diaz who a lot of people are really really like i I agree with dan's premise i think that if we would have seen the power if he had it already so i don't necessarily know that's ever coming around and uh just overall kind of a cool cap on the winter meetings which were lacking for huge moves i think yeah, there will definitely be more moves to come, as we've alluded to here on recent shows. Let's get to our oh, by the ways. I'd like to start just because I want to kind of uh, follow up on our oh, by the way, from a couple nights ago. The Houston Rockets with a big win over the Los Angeles Lakers tonight, 126 to 111. We talked about how bad the Rockets have been this year. This is a big win for them at home, and it's uh, capped off by a huge performance from uh, James Harden. He ended up with 50 points. Uh, and a triple-double in this game with 10 rebounds and 11 assists. So a big game for Harden. They're going to need more performances like this out of Harden if they're going to get back in the playoff race. And uh, the NBA, you know, starting to 
catch my eye a little bit more as this NFL season's coming to a close, as sad as that is. Uh, Dan, what do you have? I'll continue with the baseball theme. And we didn't talk a lot of Bryce Harper. I'm sure NBA's we got basketball. some ball. At some point point, uh, during these winter meetings, I thought we would talk about Bryce Harper, but we have not yet. So here's the update. Uh, Allegedly, he badly wants to be a Dodger. And so uh, according to some sources, uh, according to ESPN, he has said he will take less money to play in L.A., uh, which I think uh, is a little bit of him realizing that he's probably going to have to take less money because nobody seems to be really jumping to pay him the four or five hundred million dollars he wants. So, be interesting to see Bryce in L.A. It's uh, you know you always, I don't think it's true anymore, but the the old adage is obviously less of a superstar if you're playing on the West Coast versus the East Coast. I mean, we've seen that with Mike Trout, who's kind of already arguably one of the top twenty five baseball players of all time. Uh, and no one really knows who he is. And so interesting move for Bryce to say he'd rather play on the West Coast than the East Coast. Yeah, that is interesting. I would say that the Dodgers, uh, even though L.A., you know, and Anaheim, or L.A., or I guess the Angels, it's it's still a different market, I think, you know, just looking at those two teams and kind of the, the – the impact that they have on the league as a whole. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. Obviously, uh, Anshu and I were hoping Bryce would maybe consider the South side of Chicago, but, uh, you know, it was a pipe dream from the beginning. Anshu, take us home. Hey, it's not over yet, guys. He was liking Nikki Delmonico's posts and commenting on, on him on Instagram. It's not over yet, man. I'm, I still believe, but uh, I, I do think it'll probably be the Dodgers in the end. I want to <laughs> touch on, from one just awful Chicago franchise. Uh, I love it. I was hoping you would. Actual (laughs) awful one. Dude, the Bulls are such a dumpster fire. All right. So I obviously went off on them the other day. It's been a couple times. But today, Malika Andrews of ESPN comes out and says that Jabari Parker will be out of the rotation for the Bulls. And I assume that this is because Jim Boylan has decided that he he just can't have him because I assume Jabari's fat ass was the one who decided to say that <laughs> he didn't want to run enough. So I, I think that he created that mutiny, which none of the players actually agreed to, apparently. just It was just basically him on an island. Then Jim Boylan approved a leadership council of six players. There are 12 players on an NBA team, and he has a six-person <laughs> leadership council. Like, what the hell? And so, and they have like three rookies on their team. So basically, it's six veterans not that aren't the three rookies and three veterans that he doesn't want on there, including fat ass Jabari. So, anyways, <laughs> Jabari is he played four minutes tonight in Mexico City where the Bulls tanked their way to a six point loss <laughs> against Orlando. And Jabari played all of four minutes going a sterling 0 for 1. So, I think that, uh, <laughs> Saturday's the first day they can finally deal his fat ass, and uh, I fully expect his fat ass to be out of Chicago. <laughs> Do you remember me calling that a horrible deal at the beginning of the year? Oh, yeah. I mean, I hate look, Jabari Parker. He's terrible. Guy's talented, but he's a, he is total garbage. And I'm, I'm really surprised that he's just – the worst part about him is he doesn't even care. Like, he's not even trying out there. So good riddance to him. Enjoy him wherever you go, hopefully Philly. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. That actually made my night. Not just made the show, it made my entire night. Uh, I was hoping that you would go in on the Bulls, and you did not disappoint. Guys, good luck in the fantasy football semifinals this weekend. I am rooting for both of you to tie. 
Um, but it should be fun to watch from the sidelines and for me playing in the 11th place game against uh, Zane, who barely tried in the league this year. So that was fun. Shout out, Zane. I do we know that? Do we know, know the tiebreaker rules? What's that? What if we actually do tie? Is, is there tiebreaker? If you tie within a hundredth of a point, then uh, there's we got more issues. But it, hey, you never know. I mean, we do lose points for fumbles that aren't lost. <laughs> true. That's true. All right, guys. Anything to add for the good of the group? Epic rant, aren't you? Well done. I love it. Everyone have a great weekend. This has been the leftovers for Anshu Kana and Dan Bauer. I am Josh. (laughs) 